Hey, good morning, Eastridge. How are y'all? Great. Me too. Hey, I never want to make it about me on Sunday morning, but I'm going to make it about me for a second. I got a new grandbaby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Born last night at 2.30 in the morning, and uh, her name is Elliot Sayla Biglow, and everybody's doing great. Leslie's with Marissa, and the reason why I tell you that is I didn't get much sleep. I'm liable to say any. I don't want your sympathy. I'm liable to say anything today is what I'm saying. I need your prayers. Seriously. And I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to get you to pray for me. Look, we got a big, it's a big uh, series we got going on here. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it, and then we're going to pray. We start a new series called Go. It's one of our initiatives, Attend, Serve, Grow, and Go. We want, what do we want when we think about people who follow Jesus? What do we want them to do? We want them to attend, to gather, to be together in worship. We want them to serve. We want people to serve just because Jesus was a servant. We want people to grow, be in a group together, be in a smaller group, grow, grow in God's Word, grow in your relationships with each other, to grow. And then the last part, we want people to go. This, this, this concept of Jesus had two words for people. For people who didn't know Him, He said, come. For people who knew Him, He said, go. And so we're going to talk about go today, and you're going to hear the next three weeks messages on go. Go love is today. Next week's go here. The final week is go there where we're talking about going to the world locally, globally. And so there's two, two parts to the, to the series. One is that you would go, and here's the second part. And if you're a guest today, don't just tune me out when I say this, is that you'd give. That we would go and give. And I'm going to be real clear that, that we, we are doing this series so that we can fund our missions. That For the last uh, five plus years, we've given away $100,000 every year. Just collected money and given it, just given it away to local missions, to global missions. And we've given over half a million dollars away during this time. And so we are going to fund our missions. We're, we're, this series is the start of that, asking you to give. And look, here's, here's the catcher. Here's, here's above and beyond your regular giving. Above and beyond your regular giving. There's buckets in the atrium. Like we'll keep receiving an offering on Sunday. And if you're a guest, they're like, oh man, here we go. They're getting, hey, I just want to share this with you. I don't want your money. I could care less about your money. I'll say this all day long. Never wanted your money. But I will challenge you this. That if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you tell me something greater than giving to the cause of Jesus Christ. That that's where, that's where we're going. And if you're a guest today, I just pray you hear us out. And uh, you're, I'm going to explain more of that. But so here's what I need. I need you to pray for me today. I need clarity. I was talking to Michelle, uh, Director of Finance, this morning. I was like, you know, we were just talking about, I need great clarity in explaining this today. So I'm going to ask you to pray for me. Not a great Sunday to lose a lot of sleep, but it is what it is. And then I'm going to pray for you to have an open heart. That, that you would listen. Here's what I want. I want this to be the best sermon you ever heard. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tall task, especially with me preaching. You're like, we need somebody else. Get Cam if you want that. So I want you, I, I do. I want you to, I want it to be as if God were speaking to you today. So let's pray. Father, Lord, I celebrate the gift of life you've given Leslie and I am just another grandchild. Senator, as I was singing, just so grateful how you've blessed our lives. God, we give you all the glory for that. Father, for the next few minutes, 
I do pray for you to speak to me with great clarity. Lord, with conviction. That we would all see that you've called us to go, that there's no greater cause in the history of the world. That you have the words of life, that you're the one that gives hope. You're the one who saves And we are part of that because we're part of your body, the church. So, Lord, speak through me. I pray for soft hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go. Talking about go. um, The word go means to move from one place to another. It means to attempt or or to try something. It it means to move on a course, to proceed. And and we are always going. We're always going. When I was researching the word go, it is one of the most popular words in the English language. It is one of the most popular words. Like we use this all the time. It is used in so many phrases. Like I'm going to list a bunch here. We we say we're on the go. We say we got to go. Has a lot of different connotations to that, don't we? Say it's time to go. We go into overdrive. We go off on a tangent. We go with the flow. We go out of our way. We go through the motions. We go for broke. We go haywired. We go overboard. We go for it. We have go-karts with a C. We have go-karts with a K. We have merry-go-rounds. We hate to let go. We hate to go wrong. We hate to go bad. We hate to go astray. We love to go home. We love to go out to eat. We love to go to sleep. We are always going, it seems, except sometimes when it comes to our faith in Jesus Christ. That sometimes in our faith in Jesus Christ, instead of going, there's this tendency that I just want to stay. I want to stay. Why can't we just stay? Why can't it just be like this? Why are we, why are we wanting to push? Why are we wanting to go? It's funny that, that here's, a, here's a funny thing. Uh, I was eating lunch with a guy who I'm trying to, to to share Christ. I've shared Christ. So I'm, try, I'm trying to say, well, I want him so bad to follow Jesus Christ. And he's not a believer. He's not. He's very, and we have great conversations. It's really good. And the other day when we were at lunch, he said, he, I think he was like thinking, he says, are, we, are you wanting more members? Is that why you're doing this? I said, well, I always want more members. That's not why I'm doing this. But this whole concept of why are you wanting to go? Why are you doing this? And as a matter of fact, in Matthew 17, 1 through 5, it says that Jesus was transfigured. And you have to read the story that Jesus, we, we see Jesus, the, the, the apostles see Jesus uh, in his glory. Peter, James, and John do. that he, They see him for who he really is. Uh, that they, they see him as the eternal son of God. And it says his, white, uh, his clothes turned white and it was just bright light and everything like that. And, and, and when that happened, Peter has this line. This is what Peter says. Hey, let's build some houses and we'll just stay right here for a while. That's what he says. And in a voice from heaven, God says, hey, this is my son. I want you to listen when he has says. You know what Jesus, we don't have the exact words of what Jesus says, but you know what Jesus says? Hey, we got to go. We got to go. And so today we're going to talk about going. And we're going to talk about going to go love. That you and I, we're to go love. That if you want to know what your life is about Jesus Christ, that one of the things, that one of the main things is that you and I, we're to go and love people. That that's really what it's all about. We're, we're to love God. We're to love people. And so I'm going to walk you through that. The first is we are commanded to love. We're commanded to love. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you like snack food? Anybody like snack food? All right. How many of you don't like snack food? All right. Let's just pray for these people right now. Yes. I love snack food. As a matter of fact, you look at me, I'm good at it. I can snack with the best of them. But if you had to boil down, 
If you had to choose one snack food, one snack food to get you through the day, one, 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 whether it's a bag of chips, we got any Cheez-Its fans in here? Any Cheez-Its fans? Oh, yeah, yeah, my people right here. These are my people. They're not good for you, but they are so good, y'all. One snack food, you couldn't eat anything else for, for the whole day. What, what, would, what would your snack food be? What would it be? Peanut butter, Peanut butter all right. Uh, M&M's. M&M's, all right. Man, y'all are, y'all are got some bad eating habits. Anyway, I don't know about you guys. She didn't like the sermon. <laughs> None of the rest of you can get out that easy, though. So if I had to choose one snack food to get me through the day, it would be Lance Toasty. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Man, that is, that is so good. I could get through the whole day on two packs of those, two packs of those. I could, and feel really good about life. I could. When we talk about following Jesus, in the Old Testament, there were over 400, over 400 commands. They, they think somewhere between 400 to 700 commands. 400-700 commands of, of things that you had to do, that you had to do. And, and, the, and the Jewish people, they added to this uh, with uh, uh, things because of social narratives or because of, of best practices. So there was, there was probably like a thousand plus commands that you had to do. Well, anyway, one day Jesus is teaching and someone comes up to him and says, if you had to choose which of all these commands is the greatest? What is all these commands that we should do? How would you bullet down? Like they would come to Jesus and say, what's your favorite snack food? What, what, how would you bullet down? And this is where we get, this is what Jesus says. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important to love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law, listen to this, the entire law, all four to 700 commands, all of them, all of them are summed up in this, the entire law and the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. And so he gives us and he bulls it down and says, hey, there's really just two commands that you go and you love God and you love people. And, and this is what this is the call that Jesus is giving us, that, that it has been that way. They had these rules and these laws in the Old Testament, but they all came out of this one concept that you and I would love God. We would love people that we would just go and we'd love that when people thought about us, they think those people love God and they love other people. As a matter of fact, we get to the, to the Old Testament, you know, the Ten Commandments, the, the Big Ten, the Big Ten. In Exodus 20, 1 through 17, there's Ten Commandments. No other gods, no idols and images of God. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Keep the Sabbath. Honor your parents. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not covenant. Listen, here's, check this out. The first four deal with loving God. Five through 10 deal with loving people. That if you even take the 10 commandments, they are broken down in two categories. This is how you love God. This is how you love people. That you and I are to live in such a way 
that we are to love people. Now, this, this sounds really easy, but I'm going to tell you, this is really difficult. This is really difficult because when you use the word love, I can say I love Leslie. I can say I love my four kids. I can say I love my grandkids. And I can also say I love ice cream and Lance crackers, UGA football, and South Campus first service. I'm not committing to second service yet. We'll see how they do, Baptiste. Well, the Greek language is very specific. We use the word love, and we have to kind of delineate what all that means. We delineate what that means. What does the word love mean? But in the Greek language, they had four words for the word love. They had four words. They had the word eros, which is a sexual love. They had the word storge, which is a family love. They had the word phileo, which is a brotherly love. The city of Philadelphia gets its name from that. And then they had the word agape, agape. In this uh, text right here, the word is agape. The word agape means, it means uh, intentionally choosing to do good. Now listen to this. That when you follow Jesus Christ, because God has loved you and intentionally chosen to do good by you, that we, that is our response to God and it's our response to the world, to the world that I'm intentionally choosing to do good. I want intentional goodwill toward other people. And, and agape love is not a love of obligation. It is a love of choice because of what has been bestowed upon us. As a matter of fact, in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he agape the world. He gave us intentional good. And he's calling you and I that you and I would go and love in that same way, that we would go love, that we would love people, that we would love God that the way he has loved us, but he would, that we would also love people in that same way. We are commanded to love. It's not, it's not an option. Now, I'll say this. This is tough sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes we don't like people, do we? We don't like what, we, what they do, what they stand for. We don't like what they've done to us. And even in those moments, our call is still intentional good. I want intentional good for you. Well, the second thing is this. We're commanded to love, but we are also commissioned to go, commissioned to go that you and I are commissioned to go. Uh, when Leslie and I lived in Charleston uh, in the 90s. Uh, I went down there to uh, help start a church with a friend of mine, a guy I went to college with. He had started a church, and, and we went down there, and we committed to stay for three years. We stayed for three years, and, and every Sunday, it was like when we were at the high school, we set up and tore down at the school, and, and, and we didn't know anything really about Charleston. And so they got us this pass. Chris, my friend, uh, who's the pastor of Coastal Community Church, got us this pass uh, so that we could learn Charleston. It was called Be a Tourist in Your Hometown. Be a Tourist in Your Hometown. So we got to go do stuff they bought us, and we got to do kind of check out Charleston and everything like that. And what you're going to hear me say right here is, 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 is Jesus saying to you and I, be a missionary in your hometown. Be a missionary in your hometown. That you and I are not only called to love, commanded to love, we, we are commissioned to go. We're not commissioned to stay. As a matter of fact, if you read the New Testament, when Jesus uh, rose from the dead, the church was born, that Jesus gave this call, hey, go out to all the world, that the church actually would, did not obey that call. And so God allowed persecution to come in to scatter the, the apostles so that they would go, that this, this command to go was so great. As a matter of fact, let me give you this. This is Jesus' last words. 
It ought to be our first priority. Jesus' last words, our first priority. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in, her, in, in heaven and on earth. That he's been given all authority, therefore go. Now that word go there, in the tense that is used, it, uh, is, is, it, if you were to read this in the Greek, it would, it would be, the tense would be as you're going. Therefore, as you're going... Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That God in his, his command has always been that you and I, that we would go, that we would just simply be willing to go. And so many times we want to stay. So many times when it's time to go, it just seems easier to stay. And so I want to talk to you just for a second about going. That this is a priority of Jesus. These are his last words. That he has called us to go. He has authorized us. Now, when I hire a staff person, one of the things I'll say to him is that you don't need a platform to do your job. Because a lot of times people think, well, I need some kind of platform. I say, you don't need a platform to do your job. I'll say you are the platform. Now, this sounds kind of silly when I say this, because sometimes I think when it comes to going, we think that, hey, I've got to have some kind of special ability or some kind of special uh, knowledge, or I've got, I've got to be good at something, or I've, I've got to have something. No, you don't have to have it. Jesus didn't say, hey, when you learn everything you need to learn, then go. Hey, when you get all it all following me down, when you get it, you got where you kind of got it yourself together and you're following me, you got that halfway together, then go. No, I didn't say that. And that's why I say to our staff, look, you don't have to have a platform. You are the platform. God has commissioned you that you are the platform. And listen, I say the same thing to you. You are a missionary in your hometown. God is calling you to go to your friends, to your family, to your neighbors, same as me, to eat lunch with people, man, to pray, listen to me, to beg them, to beg God to, to reveal himself to them because Jesus is the answer that they need that that's what God is calling us to. And that's the life, man, it is a great life. There's nothing you will do that will top you sharing your faith with someone and them receiving Jesus Christ. That God is calling us to go. He's calling us to go make disciples. He's calling us, calling us to go to baptize. He's calling us to go and teach. And he says, hey, I'm with you. But make no mistake about it, you and I have to go. Let me share this with you. Hear this part. This is, man, just hear this one part. I don't know, I know a lot of you. I don't know everybody here today. And I certainly don't know everything about everybody here today, but I want you to hear me on this. You have no idea of the power of God in your life. You have no idea what God could do with you, what he could do through you. If you were to go, you have no idea. You have no idea that he could change someone's eternity, that someone could get saved. Their marriage could be put back together. Their kids could be restored, that they could find hope and life change by simply you just being there and praying for him and, and going and trying to meet their needs. You have no idea because that's what God's calling us to. 
That still changes people's lives. And, and the enemy wants you to stay. He wants you to say, you're not ready. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You'll never, you, you got sin in your life. It's not gonna, no, 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 listen to me. Jesus says, go. You and I are to go. We're to go in love. We're not to go and be judgmental. We're just simply to go and love people. Which leads me to the last one. We're commanded to love. We're commissioned to go. We're called to go in love. There's a scripture from Revelation that says, this is the end. We know how it's going to end. That Jesus is going to come back. And it's going to be the greatest day in the life of someone who knows Jesus Christ. And it's going to be the worst day in the life of someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ. There's no way around it. Two options, that's it. Greatest day, worst day. And he says, I saw a vast crowd, too many to count, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language. Now let me ask you this question. How do you think they got there? Where did all these people come from? They got there because the people of God took the command of Jesus seriously to go love people and the commission of Jesus seriously that, that we would be a people who would go. That's how they got there. That it was that Jesus has based this whole thing on you and I going, you and I going. And that at the end, we're going to see that it's going to pay off because People are going to be saved from every nation, every tribe, every language. Standing in front of the throne of God, of the Lamb, they were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God, who sits on the throne and from the Lamb, that you and I are called to go in love. About 10 years ago, um, I went to a preaching conference. I know you're thinking it didn't work. It didn't work, though, Gary, did it? Went to a preaching conference, and it was at New Spring Church in South Carolina, and they, they brought in a bunch of uh, pastors from really uh, great pastors from big churches, and I heard a lot of great sermons that day. Uh, Scott went, Brad, Trey, we all went, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was a great event. But you know what's funny? I only remember one sermon. Y'all don't probably remember the sermon on Tuesday, what we preached about. I, I get it. I don't remember the sermon on Tuesday, what I preached about, so... I remember one sermon out of that whole conference. And it was a sermon that Annie Stanley told a story about when he worked at his dad's church. He was the youth minister. In First Baptist of Atlanta, there was going to be a, a gay rights parade that was going to go right by their church. Well, anyway, the church found out about it, and so they decided to cancel services early that day. And so the gay pride parade was coming and they canceled service out early, early that day, th thinking their people would go home. But you know what their people did? They stood in the parking lot and watched because that's what we do, don't we? We just kind of gawk and watch. And he said they were standing there watching as the parade went down. He said all the people from their church, First Baptist, were standing there. And then he said he looked across the street and there was another church, a church that they did not think was as theologically correct as First Baptist of Atlanta. And Andy said he looked out there 
And the people from that other church, when the parade was going down, with all these homosexuals going down, and they were giving them waters. We love you in the name of Jesus. Giving them waters. And I'll never forget that story because Andy said something at the end. He said, who do you think the people in the parade thought loved them more, us or them? So there's a powerful thing when you and I go in love. It's a powerful thing. And look, this is not condoning any kind of behavior or anything like that. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is that we go no matter what the behavior is. We go no matter what sin people are locked up in. We go no matter what problems they have, no matter what situation, that that's what we do. We just simply go. We go and we trust that the Lord has sent us because we're missionaries. So I'm going to ask you this question today. And it's loaded, y'all. Two parts. First is this, are you willing to go? Are you willing to go? And I'm going to qualify it. Are you willing to go when you don't want to go? Are you willing to go when you eat up with insecurities? Are you willing to go to look stupid? Are you willing to go if it seems like nothing's happening? Nothing's happening, Gary, I'm going, nothing's happening. Are you willing to go? Are you willing to go and tell someone about Jesus Christ and have them laugh in your face? Are you willing to go even though you don't feel qualified? Are you willing to go? Because, man, that's where God's calling all of us. Man, he's calling us to go. To our friends, to our neighbors, to our families, to those that we like, to those we may not like the way they live. But love compels us to go. To go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Well, the second part is this. Are you willing to give? Are you willing to give above and beyond your regular giving? Now, here's when I say above and beyond regular giving because it doesn't help us out if you take your regular giving and put it in the missions bucket. It's like taking your, your gas money and using it at the grocery store. Sooner or later, that doesn't work. Is everybody with me on this? No, not really. Okay, I'll give another example. This is like taking your house payment and using it to pay your car payment. Sooner or later, this doesn't work. Is everybody with me on that? And so the call is above and beyond to fund missions. And it's just between you and the Lord. This is not a full court press. This is not me getting into your business. This is me throwing out a challenge as Christ followers. Hear me. I'm almost done. Hear me. What if you and I were to go? What if you and I were to go? What, man, just think about it. What, 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 what if you and I were to go? Walk, walk with me for a second. What if you and I were to go and you shared Christ with somebody and they accepted Christ and their marriage was put back together or their kids were restored or they became part of this church? Or what if you and I were to give? 
that we were to give locally to local missions that you're going to hear about next week, or we were to give lo- globally and we would, see, we would see that people were coming to faith in different countries, or, or we would see things happening here with the Salvation Army, repairs of the breach. Uh, what if we were to do that? I will tell you this. That's a challenge that I would get behind. That's a challenge I could lay my head on my pillow at night and think, man, thank God I got to be part of that. And I'm praying that that's the challenge you're up for too. So for the next three weeks, the buckets will be out there counting days so two Sundays after today. I'm asking you to pray about what you could give. And I'm asking you to pray about where you could go. Who is God calling you to go to? And I'm going to spend some time praying for you right now as we do. Father, you've called us to go. We're to go love. We're to love people that we agree with, that we are in community with, that we're related to. Lord, we're also called to go to people that Man, we don't agree with them. That we may not have any communion with. We may not even be related to them. We may not even know them, but you have called us. And Lord, you have given us a platform, and that platform is the saving power of your son, Jesus Christ. That Jesus saves, that he is the answer. He's always the answer. He is what they need. He is what we need. So Lord, I pray that we would go. And Father, I pray that we would give. As we talk about receiving money for missions, it's money that we're going to give away. It's not money for Eastridge. That we're simply just going to give this money away and watch you work in our community and around the world. And so, my Lord, I just pray that you would, you would do in us, that you would speak to us. And we would go and give. Father, we pray this in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for being here today. Next week, uh, local. Go local. We'll talk to you.